now is not the time to make gains. Okay, and the example that I'm going to use is treating someone who's doing a group fitness class. And in that group fitness class, there is scheduled for a, a PR day, a one rep max day in which you're trying to test your ability to lift the heaviest weight, the heaviest weight possible in a particular lift, whether that be bench press, squatting, or deadlifting. If you have back pain, even if it's you know, pretty mild, you're not even going to have an, an, an adequate representation of what your full potential is because you're in pain. So now is not the time to try and further your strength abilities, your aerobic capacity or gains. You're, you, you need to address the issue at hand so that when it is time, you can make more Welcome substantial Welcome to the gains. Movement Code Podcast, where we help you decode movement, health, and lifestyle so that you can expand and grow. Hey guys, my name is Antonio Gurley, your host for the Movement Code Podcast. I am a father, husband, business owner, rehab practitioner, and coach. Information overload has paralyzed many of us, and we are overwhelmed with good intentions and don't know what or who to trust. We aim to provide you clarity and confidence by bringing you expert advice for the everyday person. Thanks for spending some time with me today and enjoy the episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the Movement Code Podcast. This is episode 10. And it did not, I was not my intention, but this is the top 10 tips for your low back pain on episode 10. 10 for 10. Dad jokes coming in hot. Watch out. Um, stick with me through the whole thing here, guys. This got a little lengthy because of the 10. There's talking points and discussions around each one of those. But the thing that I want to highlight before you listen is the 10 tips don't only apply to low back pain. I'll, I'll restate this again in the actual episode, but there, once you start listening to these, it makes sense that just physiologically, this is how most pain points are, are dealt with, how we recover from them, how we rehab from them, um, how we deal with them. And not only that, we get, uh, we get a little deeper. We get a little deeper. We start talking about application into other areas and in your life. So stick with me. I promise you there will be some fantastic nuggets along the way. I encourage you to take some notes. And again, the challenge, the challenge at the end of the week, I think is going to be very applicable. I think it will be. It will be. It will be applicable for anyone listening to it. As you will gather after listening to the episode, it will be applicable for anyone listening to it. We're going to combine two different challenges, one that we've done in the past with this challenge, and you'll and you'll see and understand when you hear it. But I hope you guys enjoy. Again, top 10 tips for your low back pain. Thanks again, and enjoy the episode. And more importantly, we encourage, after we... After we have interactions and communications and relationships with clients and patients and individuals, we want to present 
opportunities for them to be, you know, additional beacons for presenting valid and trusted information to va to family and friends, right? I don't I don't share anything with my family and friends that I don't think would absolutely benefit them uh, and or that I just had such a phenomenal experience with, right? And if, you, if you're not there yet, totally fine. I'm, this is not for everybody. If you're not jiving with it, it's okay. But if you're loving it and you think there's something important for someone, help them out. Share the message. Share the love. It's up for them to receive it and decide what to do with it. But all you got to do is just pass it along. So please share the love. Help a friend out. Help a family member out. Help a colleague out. And uh, share this episode with them if you find that it's beneficial or any of those previous episodes. Here we go. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Movement Code Podcast. Today's episode is going to be a solo episode. So it's just going to be um, me talking. And today's discussion point is going to be some of the top tips for your back pain. Now, the reason why we wanted to do this is my practice in general over the last probably two to three years has gone through this natural progression of working with more and more people that have back pain. More specifically, the focus, the prim my primary focus is to help people with their back pain. Do we work on other issues? Yes. Um, we see a lot of shoulders, a lot of hips, a lot of knees um, in conjunction with that. But our, but our sole focus now has been focusing on helping people suffering with lower back pain and issues without drugs or surgery through a one-on-one -on -one coaching platform. So whether that would be remote coaching that we can do via a platform such as Zoom or FaceTime or one-on-one -on -one coaching in our office. It's, it's all the same. Um, the benefit of the office is you get the hands-on manual therapy skills and the manual um, uh, and the adjustments, et cetera. But that's not, that's not the deal breaker for who gets results or not. The most important thing is understanding what's going on and having a plan or a process set up. And that's, and that's what our program has naturally developed into. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Although there's applications for that. Today, we're giving you the top tips for your back pain. And much of this is actually stemmed from things I wish I knew back when I had back pain and back episodes. Um, I have suffered from back pain as many of you have. And it's frustrating. It's difficult. Obviously, I have not had to the extent as some of you have. So I do empathize with you. But for everyone else, I've been there. Um, you know, I've been to the point where I'm literally this is this is one of the the more vivid memories of some of the episodes I've had getting getting out of bed. You got to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And you can't walk because you've been laying down for I don't know, a couple hours sleeping. And I would literally just stand up and I would fall until I hit the wall with my arm. So I'd catch myself and that's how I would get across the room, right? My edge of my bed was close enough to the wall, but yet far enough for the wall where I couldn't grab. So I literally have to fall, catch myself, kind of like drag myself to the floor 
and then the same would be coming back out. So I've been there where you literally cannot move. You're stuck on the ground, you're stuck on the bed, uh, whatever that might be. You're having challenges and difficulties, picking up kids and helping out and you struggle and it's, and it's tough and it's something that gets unfortunately just mismanaged and we're not putting blame on any professions because to be honest, we've seen poor management across the board from MDs to orthos to, um, to pain, uh, to pain docs, to chiros, to PTs, to massage, to ACU. And I was one of them early on, you know, you graduate from a doctorate level program and you think, you know, what the hell you're doing. And when it came to back pain, especially low back pain, hell, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was hungry to learn. And I've learned a lot over the years and I'm continuing to expand my knowledge on back pain and continuing to expand my knowledge on just pain in general and how it affects us as humans. But in the day I used to be just the rub and crack. Like, you know, you're a Cairo, you as chiropractor, you assume like you adjust. And, you know, we were, I'd like to consider somewhat more forward thinking than some of the rest of the profession where, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd pride ourselves on not only giving adjustments, we'd do some soft tissue therapies and, you know, we had, we knew some corrective exercises that helped, but the complex cases and the people that are dealing with disc herniations and nerve pain and chronic pain and things like that, that rub and crack stuff just doesn't cut it. You need a plan. And these are some of the things I wish I would have known as an early on provider, as well as someone who suffered for back pain myself. Now this list has been also expanded upon to provide some other things that would be most applicable to just kind of this top 10 list. So we're calling this the top 10 tips for your low back pain. Most common things I wish everyone would know about their back pain and things that I wish others would share with family members, with colleagues, with friends that are potentially suffering from back pain so that they feel like there's a little bit of more, feel like there's more hope out there. I have, I have remote clients that are going through our program right now and man, people, this, this eats at, this eats at you. It's tough. And part of being, part of being a great provider and a clinician, which I'm trying to be, I'm trying to do my best for my patients and for my clients is just listening and hearing the struggle and the concerns that many people have as they're going through back pain is tough. And, you know, we're, part of the coaching process is encouragement is, is, is helping them along the process listening to them. And we see that really with any, with, with any pain point that's bothering people, it's a lot of this stuff crosses over. So for instance, my wife, Nichelle works uh, primarily with prenatal, postnatal and pediatric um, patients and clients. And to hear some of the postpartum struggles that moms are going through is just, man, it, it weighs heavy on you and you really just feel for them and you empathize with them if you have not done it before. And the same goes through for back pain. So even if you're listening to this and you don't have back pain, but you, 
it's, it's very likely that you do share this with a friend, share this with a loved one, let them know that there are some answers out there. And again, I'm not saying it has to be me. Just there's, there's, there's people trying to do more other than just rub and crack. Okay. Or give drugs. It's not only give drugs. Those don't work. Get surgeries, get an injection. There's people out there doing great things. So let's get into this list. Number one, we must understand it takes time, you know, depending on the severity of what happened, there's a bit of a time element and I'm guilty of marketing the get out of pain fast and start moving better. Uh, just, you know, that's a part of a business strategy to get in front of people to give them the correct message and understand what's actually realistic, but we have to understand it takes time. I use this example a lot. If you sprain your ankle, there are varying degrees of an ankle sprain. You can go from a grade one all the way through to a grade five, right? Grade five being the most severe where it's actually like a rupture where you would, where you would need, you know, surgical intervention depending on, you know, kind of where and what happened. But needless to say, you have this range. All injuries and pain levels are, are pretty much the same. Was it, was it a small acute injury or was it something that was a little bit more substantial? That is going to change the course of your recovery process, okay? Now, that being said, we'll get into some of the other tips down the road as to, you know, how do you determine that time frame, but the time frame is never what we want it to be. Of course, we want to get out of pain fast. Of course, we want to get back to the activities we love and enjoy, but if you go back too soon, they're not enjoyable anyways because you're still suffering from pain. So understand the pr it's a process and it takes time and that we learn a lot in that process and we understand more about our bodies and how it operates and how pain operates and what we can do to manage pain um, if you are interested in doing it without drugs or surgery. So takes time. Be patient. Be patient with yourself. Okay. Number two, and this applies more so to those that are doing some sort of like fitness activity, that maybe lifting weights, could just be even running or cycling, but now is not the time to make gains, okay? And the example that I'm going to use is treating someone who's doing a group fitness class, and in that group fitness class, there is scheduled for a, a PR day, a one rep max day in which you're trying to test your ability to lift the heaviest weight, the heaviest weight possible in a particular lift, whether that be bench press, squatting, or deadlifting. If you have back pain, even if it's you know pretty mild, you're not even gonna have an, an an adequate representation of what your full potential is because you're in pain. So now is not the time to try and further your strength abilities, your aerobic capacity or gains. You're, you, you need to address the issue at hand so that when it is time, you can make more substantial gains, right? If you're attempting to do a one rep max with pain, and let's say you get it, you're jazz and it's a PR. Great. My answer would be, well, 
what if you could do more? but you couldn't because you're in pain. So yes, you did a PR and oftentimes that's celebrated as sweet. It's a PR and I was in pain, but why even try? Why not get healthy, get better so that you can get stronger? And again, we use this as one example. This would be running as well. Let's say for instance, running is a movement that is aggravating for you or maybe even cycling, right? We're not going to go out and do a time trial run or race to determine where we're at. It'd be way more beneficial for us to deal with what's actually going on so that you can actually make gains. Okay. Number three, this one is, this one's super important. And this is one that I had to deal with the hard way. And as I started to develop more knowledge around back pain and different types of back pain, I was doing all the wrong things for my, when, when I was dealing with it. But it's, it's stop picking at it. Humans are weird. When we have pain, we tend to find it partially because maybe we like to complain about it or maybe we're trying to understand it or maybe we're trying to see if there's some limitations or some range of motion restrictions that might be contributing to it. But we just see so many people come in or chat with so many people like, oh, yeah, it hurts when I do this or it hurts when I do this. And they're like, you know, I'm constantly just trying to like, like work it out, but it hurts when I do that. And to me, you're just picking at it. You're just scratching at that surface. You're scratching at the scab as Dr. McGill or as Professor McGill states, and you're just irritating and making things worse. Okay. While we do encourage, sorry, I'm going to change that. While it is necessary, while it is necessary that you continue to move and do things, rest equals rust, motion is lotion, there are avenues or maybe directions and degrees which we might avoid for a brief period of time in order to let the pain cycle suppress, to desensitize, and to reduce the amount of irritation in that area. If you keep picking at it, you're only going to prolong the recovery time and or exacerbate and flare things up to a point which might make you even worse. So example for me, and without getting into like the diagnostic parts of it, mine was my pain was very uh, flexion intolerant. Flexion intolerant is kind of a generalized uh, generalized diagnoses or description that when I would bend forward, as many of you do with lower back pain, you do not tolerate it as well. So this actually happened from lifting in the, in the, on my own lifting weights in an inappropriate way that caught up with me. I was locked up and I couldn't bend forward more, but, you, but my back was tight. Keep in mind, my back was tight. So it felt good for a moment when I would actually stretch and flexion or, or bend forward. But afterwards, it wouldn't feel so good. So then I tighten up some more and then I try to be like, man, it's tight. And I flex forward, trying to stretch it some more and I kind of get tight again and then I kind of leave it alone. But then I'm like, oh, I woke up and it's a little tight. So I try to flex forward and everything was based on flexing forward because my back felt tight and that's how you assume to stretch your back or your hamstrings or things like that. But I was simp- I was, I was only really going into the exact same movement pattern in which the original irritation or quote unquote injury occurred. So I was just picking at the exact same thing, 
only irritating things more and ultimately prolonging the recovery time in which I was able to go back to normal activities. So that's just one example, okay? Number four, hurt does not equal harm, okay? Now, some of these tips and tricks, there's some overlap and there's also some potential overlapping contradictions, but we'll try to describe as best as we can so that you understand what we mean when we say those. Now, keep in mind, as I'm saying these, notice for some of these things, so far, actually with all of these, it's not just specific to back pain. Although this is the top 10 tips for your back pain, you're gonna find that there's elements that will apply to any sort of aches and pains that you might be dealing with right now. So maybe I should have changed this to the top 10 tips for human physiology recovery. That doesn't sound as good. It's a little nerdy. Hurt does not equal harm. While we appreciate not pushing into pain, as we previously said, stop picking at it, we must, must also understand it does not always equal harm. Okay? Pain, pain is an alarm. Pain is an alarm that something is going wrong or something might potentially happen. It does not mean that there is structural damage. And this is often very confused when it comes to the conversation of back pain. I need to get an MRI or I need to get an X-ray and figure out what's going on. All right, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You're just going to be paying more money to potentially not get any information at all and or you know, pay more money to go down a route that you don't want to go because that leads to a conversation is if they do find something, they're going to assume that that is the cause of your pain. And if, that, if they see something at MRI and you have pain and there is correlation to that, so I'm not saying that that is not valid, but there's correlation to that, then you start the conversation of like, well, actually, you know, that looks pretty substantial. I would suggest... You get a steroid shot. Steroid shot doesn't work. Maybe you get a couple more. Those don't work. And you've tried PT or Cairo who just do rubs and cracks and that doesn't work. What's your next option? Surgical consultation. Right? Whereas if you don't get an MRI and we work through actually going through a proper assessment and evaluation to determine what is not working well for you and what works well for you, you set up a plan accordingly to you and your body so that you can start progressing and making progress. You can, you can start to loosen up. You can start to feel better. Your pain goes down. You can start to do more, right? So hurt does not equal harm. There's, there's, there's numerous references and studies out there that show asymptomatic individuals with abnormal findings on x-rays and MRIs and other imaging methods, right? So for instance, I think it's roughly, I don't have the study out in front of me, but roughly 60% of males over the age of 50 or 60, I can't remember which it is, but it's 60%, roughly 60% of the males over 50 to 60 years old have disc herniations found on MRIs that are asymptomatic, meaning take a group of guys, okay? Got a group of guys, 
we're just going to go do MRIs of them. There's asymptomatic, they have no symptoms, and you're going to see six out of 10 of them, they're going to have disc herniations found on the MRI. Meaning, structural pathology, which a disc herniation would be classified as, is, is found on imaging, but they don't have pain. So the converse is also true. You could have pain, but not have a disc herniation. So when you're going through your recovery process, yes, we're trying to avoid movements that we're not constantly picking at it, but we do also understand that if something does happen, God forbid you have to bend forward and it gets a little angry at you, you're not making things worse. Your body's simply signaling to you like, hey, remember, this didn't feel good last time you did it. I need to slow you down, pump the brakes, straighten up, better your mechanics, use your hips more, brace your core a little more. These are all, these are all avenues in which you can suppress that pain signal. And we also know massage, chiropractic, rolling out, vibration, you know, all these things help suppress that, that alarm signal. Okay. Um, think of it this way. You know, the sprinkler system, there's a fire, the fire alarm, just, there's a fire going on in your body when you're kind of feeling pain, right? And that can get exacerbated by a number of different factors, but that sprinkler system suppresses that, right? It's like a, it just, it dampens that signal so that things can calm down and then you can assess the situation. That's what we're doing with the manual therapy type of stuff. All right. So in conjunction to that, number five, you are not your x-ray or your MRI or your scans, okay? So again, this, this, this perfectly times up and correlates with what we just talked about in the previous topic is just because you do find something on your MRI does not mean it is directly related to the pain that you're feeling now. Could have been an old injury. There might be some influence to what you're feeling right now and or it might be the direct cause of what you're feeling right now. Again, we're not saying that imaging and MRIs and X-rays are not needed. They might be warranted and they might be needed, but it's understanding when and what to do with the information. We get a lot of individuals that are extremely worried to get MRIs because they don't want to see what's actually on there, i.e., you know, if I have a disc herniation, I don't, I don't want to know. My dad suffered from a disc herniation. My grandfather suffered from a disc herniation. I don't want a disc herniation. So they're not, they're not well educated on the recovery and healing process of an injury such as a disc herniation. Now, that being said, we also see individuals who come in with us, maybe with pain, maybe with not a lot of pain, they're working on something else. Then you're asking further questions and they, they basically state to you that, oh, I have degeneration in my back, right? It's like, a, it's like, hi, I'm Antonio. I have degeneration in my back. It's, it's a part of who I am and it will always forever be there. While we're not arguing that the degeneration might not be there, does it matter? I'm 33 and I have degeneration in my spine. And unfortunately, man, oh man, okay. I'm gonna try to say this in the nicest way possible, but our profession specifically scares the hell out of people by telling them they have degeneration in their spines. They, they, they wrote people in with x-ray deals, new patient deals, freaking telling them they get heart rate variability checks and all this other bogus shit that is only set up to bait and switch you to become a patient. 
they see x-rays and or scans or thermal imaging or whatever that is and they basically say like oh yeah you got degeneration you need to get chiropractic care and that'll help with degeneration chiropractic care does help with back pain does it help with degeneration changes 100 percent. but it's the method in which they're using it in an unethical way they're scaring people to believe they are their imaging they're not working on functional outcomes they're not working on creating to make you a stronger and better person. It is 100% fear-based so that you believe you are and will always have degeneration and will be dependent on someone else to help you fix it. The only one that can help you fix your degeneration is yourself. By moving more, by getting stronger. Would you need some help? Potentially. Get the help you need. But it is you that can make the changes. It's not a chiropractor. It's not a physical therapist. We're just a catalyst or catalyst to the process. Okay. But we must understand that just because we see something on an x-ray or MRI, it does not mean that it is the sole cause of your pain and or that you will always have pain because of it and or that it'll return as a result of that. It is a data point in the process of determining best course of care and action for you where you are at this point in time. Also, if you're getting an MRI or an x-ray and you're like, my scans are five or 10 years old, we might see some changes, right? Not that you need to get re-scanned to get updated stuff. Just understand that it's a piece of the puzzle. Number six, application is key. We post, we post exercises online for people to try and do, hey, try this. You got back pain, it might help out. You know, a lot of the, we have, we have this conversation a lot of times with, with pain and we're not discounting or downplaying anyone's discomfort or pain that they're feeling. But I, I have a feeling sometimes we confuse maybe some tightness or mild irritation or delayed muscle onset or uh, delayed onset muscle soreness with actual pain thinking it's like a pathology thing that we need to google research and find exercises to help fix it a lot of the a lot of the times when you're looking at exercises online and you try a couple things that that to me is like the lowest of the lowest hanging fruit like you're walking in an orchard and you just found an apple and you're like oh yeah this apple's this is good you know going to make you happy for a little bit and it's going to help for a little bit but it's not ultimately going to deal with an issue if you have an issue application that's where application comes in you have to know or you have to have a a better idea or indication of what to do and when to do it that's application so obviously if you were to go online right now in any social media platform or even on Google and type in low back pain exercises, you're going to see a ton of different stuff. And this is why most people come in and seek help from a professional provider because most of the information is out there, but they don't know what to do and when to do it. Okay. So we help guide you to understand the best recommended exercise for you based on your presentation and, and indicating when to do it. Now, even then, this is 
This is a decision we have made based on a hypothesis that we have created based on an evaluation and an assessment that we have done. You do it, you test it, you try it, and we gauge the response. It's no different than anything else. I want to get stronger. All right, cool. Lift weights. How much? This much. Which ones? These ones. How often? This often. Are you getting stronger? Yeah, cool. Keep doing it. Not getting stronger. Not helping. All right, well, we either need to do different exercise, we need to do different sets, sets and reps, or we need to increase the weight, right? It's this constant, just back and forth, give and take, understanding what to do and when to do it. Application is super important. So if you are dealing with some sort of back pain, aches and pains or episode, it pays off in the end to, to work with someone that can help you with the application process. Does it cost you more? At upfront value, yes. Long-term, probably saves you a lot of time and money though. Imagine you trying to deal with something on your own and you just keep spiraling and spinning back and forth or regressing because you don't know what to do and when to do it. Right. So our our line program is super beneficial because you get that you get that professional advice and that professional assistance and help with you all the time. Right. Doing the online program or one on one coaching, again, whether in in office or online is we're in constant communication with you to help you determine and, and, and asking questions. Hey, do we need to ramp it up? Are we getting the response that we want? Do we need to tone it back? Just had a conversation with the patient this morning and you know we the last time we chatted it was very much so like hey i think we're ready to kind of like you know i think we need to i think we need to push the envelope a little bit more to create a little bit more response and adaptation to not go as we wanted did it did he regress so far that we couldn't deal with it no but we started to understand and see where we were at was actually the right place we just got a little too antsy and we wanted to push it a little bit too hard too soon. Go back to number one. It takes time. Part of application is understanding that it takes time. Okay. And we have some, we have some additional tips that will apply to that as well. Number seven, mindset. Man, with all of these, all of the last tips that we just talked about, this is this might be one of the more critical ones that we maybe should have bumped up to number one. Um, but understand like there are, there, there will always be social factors that will influence and come into play, right? How your nutrition plays with this. Like if you're, if, if, if part of your pain response is due to an inflammatory response, maybe to what you're eating or what you're drinking, right? You need to deal with that to help. There's the time, which we talked about. There's movement, which goes along the application avenue of like what exercises to do. We know that just sitting around and not doing anything, the majority of the time will not, will not end up well for you. You'll get tighter. You'll get stiffer. You'll feel worse. Everyone always feels better by doing more and moving more. That being said, too, we got to consider sleep. What's your sleep like? Are you recovering well? Are you sleeping well? All of these avenues will affect how you're feeling internally. And that internal feeling will then manifest your mindset towards the whole situation. 
pain is pain is frustrating and pain sucks and it's and i'm not saying you need to have a positive attitude all the time but we need to understand that by keeping an open mind about what the possibilities are and the fact that we are able to still do things your mindset shifts towards a towards a to a more optimistic standpoint knowing that okay it's going to take some time at least i'm able to do these things these things feel good for me i feel better when i do this and in general my life is going in a better direction as a result of doing all of this whereas you flip that and my back hurts this sucks i don't want to do anything i'm just going to stay around sit around i'm just going to eat like shit cuz i don't care about what's going on right now and all of that in turn is only going to make your pain worse. So you're just in this negative feedback loop and you're just going to keep spinning around and around. Our role and job is to help you break that cycle, right? If you can find some movements and some things that help you feel good, you feel more motivated about doing them. Okay. So we gotta, we gotta set, we gotta set ourselves right. We gotta, we gotta think about this in a, in a different way. Athletes and under and other individuals that need to get out of pain faster. It's a little, it's a little different for that, but we just have to be a lot more diligent about the plan and the process. Cause there's usually a little bit more of a timeline involved, but for the majority of us, we don't have to get back. We don't have to get back to a season like we're in season competition or something like that. Most of us just want to get back as soon as we can, because we want to get back to the things that we enjoy doing and rightfully so, but understand again, that if you're going back too early, the things that you enjoy doing aren't going to be that enjoyable because you're still in pain, right? This isn't the time for gains. It's time for you to figure out what happened, why it happened in the first place, how to deal with it if it comes back again, and how to make yourself stronger and more resilient to avoid it happening again, okay? Mindset. Number eight, graded exposure, okay? This ties in application hurt does not equal harm part of the time process okay graded exposure simply means when you graded exposure is adaptation right expose yourself to more challenging things so that you can adapt and in our case we're looking for adaptation of strength for confidence and for uh, mobility or range of motion improvements and that those all have overlaps and go kind of hand in hand. Okay. So we're looking for gradual increases in load and intensity and volume. Application is key though. As I already described earlier, just a minute ago, earlier today I had a conversation where I did not go gradual enough. I tried to make that next leap and step for one of my, one of my clients indicating that we needed to, to, to expose him a little bit more, to push it a little bit harder, and that backfired slightly. Again, we're not always going to get it 100% right, but it's, it's the constant process of understanding you got to keep pushing it enough to create adaptation, and you got to understand when to kind of tone it back a little bit more. And again, that ties in with the, the previous thing, the social factors, right? Part of what we're dealing with for this individual is he works some crazy shifts as a dispatcher, he's coming off of three 12-hour days in a row. And depending on what those shifts are like, 
you could get a couple calls or you could be just getting bombarded with calls depending on what's going on, making it for a much more stressful day of work and or way more challenging on your body in general. So when you see those spikes, you got to understand, okay, we got to just, if you had a rough day, you got to, you got to take it off a little bit. And the same goes through for training. It's like my training and you know, there's outliers and there's freaks out there, but my training intensity, load and volume goes substantially down when I have my kiddos, my new, like if I have a newborn, you're not sleeping as well. You're dealing with a whole bunch of other stress and just, it's just different. So it would not be, it would not be smart of me to continue thinking I can go the same intensity with the same load and the same volume as I was before having the baby, unless your recovery is dialed in and on point. But again, we just said it wasn't. You're not sleeping as well, whatever that might be. So understand that you have to have graded exposure. So what we do with the program and with our clients is you test it, right? When someone's afraid, most of it, again, it's, it's afraid of bending forward to pick things up or leaning forward for whatever reason, you have to start with, let's try. If it doesn't feel good, you manipulate the mechanics, the biomechanics, how you're moving, the technique, the form, whatever that is, and you see if you can expose an opportunity to do that without the pain or discomfort, right? And if you can, you build from there. You're setting your base, your foundation. You can just keep stacking from there, okay? Number nine, you do not need a structural diagnosis. So interestingly enough, and this might have just been my own journey through undergrad and grad school, is when I started to develop my back pain, I never really cared to understand what the exact, I guess, tissue or area was the problem area. Some, some of you do, and that's, and that's okay. But again, we ask the question is like, what well, is it going to change the course of care? It's the same conversation we have about getting an MRI or an x-ray. Does it change the course of care? If we think it will, then yes, it's necessary and warranted. If it doesn't, then there's no need. But we also need to understand that a structural diagnosis, and I should back up when I say structural diagnosis, disc herniation, ligament tear, muscle strain, joint degeneration, you know, there's the number of different things basically stating that this is the issue. We know pain's complex. We know pain is there's not just one element of simply being able to point and say, you are the problem. We need to deal with you. Are there times where that can be the case? Yes. Right. For instance, radicular pain down the leg. You do an assessment, you determine one of the lumbar nerve roots, we'll just say a number, L4, is getting compressed by either a disc herniation or inflammation or something else. That is very specific based on dermatomal patterns, based on the presentation down your leg, based on muscle weakness, and based on symptoms. It's good to understand that level because if you need further intervention, we got to know where to go. Makes sense. But even in that scenario, we go through movement-based principles to reduce pressure on the nerve. You might need to go get a steroid pack, which suppresses inflammation that is putting pressure on the nerve root. But we do all that without getting an MRI. 
our assessment and our evaluation has already determined where the area and the problem is. Why pay a couple extra hundred dollars, if not thousands of dollars, just to get a picture to solidify what we already know? Okay. Now, again, does it change it? There's a lot of overlapping symptoms that would indicate that it might be a disc herniation, it might be some inflammation, it might be pressure on a nerve root, all of which could also be true. And you're just seeing elements that are kind of layered on top of each other. So we don't necessarily need to, to know this is the exact issue. We find, again, entry-level opportunities for us to get some symptom relief and find movements that allow you to start progressing, working on your mobility, working on regaining some of that strength back, okay? That, that's, I think that's really important because, again, I, I, I don't know why I just popped in my head, but shoulder conversations go, you know, kind of hand in hand. It's like, I, I, need, I, I wanna know what's causing the issue. Fine, but what if, I'm just saying it's like, what if you gave us an opportunity to work on the things that you're already doing well and we just make, we just build some resiliency around that. So for like the back, like, okay, you're hip hinging and you're squatting good. There's some other like elements that are not jiving with you as well, but let's just do those. Let's do them well. Let's add a little bit of weight here and let's see what happens, right? You start getting better. And if you are getting better, Maybe it's not a structural pathology at all, right? And or if there is a structural pathology, you do have a disc herniation, quote unquote, a disc herniation, but you are getting better. Maybe it's not as bad as someone else might say it is. Again, you see a disc herniation on an MRI, depending on who you see, will definitely change the course of care that you're going to get after that. Because again, we're all biased towards our own profession. If I see an MRI or someone comes in with back pain, my first thought is how can I help you move better? How can I help you understand your body better? How can I help you find some exercises, some tools and some resources that you can do and take control of this on your own? Other chiros would say, how do I adjust you? How many times do I need to adjust you? How often do you need to come see me in order for me to adjust your back till it feels better? Ortho might say, okay, well, this is a pretty bad disc herniation. You know, do you need PT? Maybe should we start with steroid? Maybe ultimately an ortho though, they're surgeons, orthopedic surgeons, and they're trying to triage and understand does this person need surgery? So different lenses and different views. So I always encourage you to try to take the most conservative route first because it's worth it in the end trying to exhaust conservative opportunities before you go to much more invasives that honestly have, depending, you know, successful rates 50-50, flipping a coin. Will I get better? Will I stay the same? Will I potentially get worse? Will I need another surgery down the road because they've now taken something out? You know, all things to consider. Number 10, going off that what we just talked about is you must, you must, you must support, or sorry, trust your support team. If you do not leave, if you have any slightest hesitation as to, I don't think I'm getting enough. I don't think this person knows what they're doing. I don't think 
I'm hearing all opportunities or options. Get a second opinion. You can co-manage. That's the whole point of co-managing. I co-manage patients with back pain, with acupuncture, with massage, with personal trainers, especially uh, with physiatrists, um, with orthos. Having the con having the conversation of like, how's this person doing? Oh, they're doing good. They're not doing good. Hey, should we consider this? Should we do this? But you gotta you gotta trust your support team. Too often, people are saying like, I've been seeing the same person for. 12, 12 plus weeks and they're doing the same thing and I just never thought I was getting better, but they paid up front for a package or whatever that is and they're just getting the exact same thing. They're doing the exact same thing with minimal progress and they don't trust the process. You gotta understand what's happening, or sorry, you gotta understand the plan. We talk too much because we want you to understand the plan and the process. This is how it should be for anybody, for any scenario, for any intervention going on in your life. Ask questions, understand the process, because if you don't, it's not going to be meaningful to you. Your mindset's going to be off. You're not going to understand application, and you're really not going to understand the timeline of what's actually trying to happen or what, what, what we're trying to achieve. Like you got to understand the process and that comes through trust and that comes through conversations. Five minute appointments, the hell are you going to get out of that? I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's times and places for maybe just coming in for some, for some checkups and some stuff, but you, you, this is, this is, there's more to this. There's more to this than just simply wait and see, rub and crack see what happens like it's you'll get so much further so much faster in with with a hundred percent more confidence understanding the process and what it looks like top 10 tips for your back pain now i was hoping this would be a little bit shorter but as you know if you're talking to me that wasn't going to happen and if you made it through all 10, thank you. I applaud you. <laughs> Again, these are tips and tools or tricks, whatever you want to call them, for not only back pain, for other areas of pain, for other things in your life. It, it's kind of crazy. I'm literally, as I'm, as I'm saying these things out loud, I'm running through my own head of avenues that are just popping up because they're fresh in my head about how this is applying not only to my physical self but where i am mentally application is key man that's so important in just so many different areas of our life right like it's not just about like oh i need to do this exercise at the right time right application in business application in your family understanding there's there's key points in which you have the tremendous power and influence to be a part of someone or something. You know, I'm, I'm running through my, my head with my kids right now. It's like they have these, they have these time, these, 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 these windows of opportunity in which they're learning and you can imprint on them. And am I doing the right, am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I imprinting the right message? Could I be doing better? right? It takes time. It's the long game. Man, I struggle with this. I struggle with this. It's the long game. When we know modern medicine, when we know modern medicine allows us, who knows when I'm getting up to there, right? People might be living 120 years old. 
maybe, maybe not. When we know we have the opportunity through modern medicine to live longer and longer, yet at the same time, your life could potentially be over today or tomorrow because of a freak accident. You want to fulfill every single day as much as you can. You want to live your life to its full capacity every day you can, but you have to also understand that you're playing the long game. Things just don't happen overnight. And that one's tough. That one's super tough. Now, maybe I'll disagree with this one. Now is the time to make gains. If you're healthy and you're good, make gains. Challenge yourself, push yourself, right? But when you're hurting and you're in pain and you're recovering from something, you know, maybe you have to take a step back and contemplate, like, where, where do I need to put my efforts? Where do I need to put my focus? Right? So take this, take this list, take these tips, Go through a SWOT analysis. Remember back from episode seven with Dr. Bill Morgan, one of our mentors, use the SWOT analysis. You could, SWAT, you could do a SWOT on each one of these things and see where it might be a problem or a strength for you, weakness or a strength for you with your physical limitations. Maybe it's in your life. Maybe it's in relationships. But, I, but your challenge, and there's 10 of these, over the next week, I want, you to, I want you to start, this is your challenge. I want you to start going through these. If you can crush each one of these out in a day, that's a lot. But if you have the ability to, I think that'd be, be kind of cool. You can just run through a very, very brief SWOT analysis for each one of these things on the daily and or what would be probably more feasible for most of us is take one of them. Take one of them. And because there's 10, you might have to double up on, on a couple of days where you just expand this to a 10-day challenge. Take one per day, go through your SWOT analysis, see how it applies to your physical and your mental and maybe even your emotional self and well-being, right? Start with, we'll just, you know, if you're listening to this and you want to start today, it takes time. Number one, it takes time. What in your life are, we, are you rushing? Is that a strength? It might be. Is it a weakness? Are you putting too much, too much pressure on yourself? Are you judging yourself too harshly and it's actually hindering your progress? Is there an opportunity available in front of you? Is there an opportunity available in front of you that you can grasp understanding that it's going to help in the, in the long-term game of your life? And threat, are there any threats that might be robbing you, that might be expanding that timeline? Again, that was just off, that was just off the top of my head of how that might, might apply. And maybe that's a vision into what's actually going on in my head right now. But either way, that is your challenge for the next week. We're going to do a SWOT analysis. We're going to double down. We're going to apply some of the things that we talked about before in this top tips for your back pain or your life or your shoulder pain or your relationships. Okay. Now I'm going to leave you with this because it was intended. It was intended that this was solely going to be talking about back pain and it took a, took a good turn. It took a good turn, but 
For those of you that are dealing with back pain, back to the important part of what we were intending to talk about, there are resources out there. There's help out there. It doesn't have to be with me. If you have a question, we will always have conversations, direct message, uh, text messages, uh, phone calls, emails, whatever, whatever it is, we list all of our contact information. You can reach out to us and we'll, we'll start a conversation with you about what you're feeling and you know, what, what resources or what avenues might be best for you. But if you're suffering from back pain, we do offer, we do offer, uh, online one-on-one coaching, uh, sorry, online and in-person one-on-one coaching. We help you if you're struggling with back pain, recover without drugs or surgery. And if that's something you're interested in, we'll set up a plan for you. We got to set up a plan. It's not, again, it takes time. It's not just you do these things and in a month you're going to be good. But if you're serious, if you're serious about dealing with something that's been taking your time, taking your energy, that's been tough on your relationships, if you're, if you're serious, reach out, give us a call shoot us an email, whatever, whatever method you want to, and we'll have a conversation about that. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, share it, tag us, post it, give us a, leave us a comment, leave us a review. We, 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 we cannot thank you enough for sharing the love, uh, and getting the word and the message out until then guys move well, much love. See you next time. All right, guys, thank you for hanging on and sticking with me through this whole episode. To be honest, it took a different turn than I thought it was going to take towards the end there. But, you know, it's one of those things, just rolling with it, going with where the conversation in my own head took me. But I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope that you found some application, again, for your back pain if you have back pain. If you got pain elsewhere, there's this stuff still applies. And oddly enough, as I was contemplating in my own head, sharing these thoughts, we're finding everyday life applications, right? So thanks again. Uh, I really appreciate you guys sticking through the whole thing. This was not intended to be that long, but it went there and it was good. So uh, we'll check you guys later. See you next week. Bye.